I didn't know anything about the blockchain. My mom had taught me that Bitcoin was a scam or multi-level <laughs> marketing. I put my horse blinders on and I talked about one thing. I stopped talking about everything else. And I talked about Gary Coin. 250 million in online revenue in the past 10 years. Massive, right? I'm here like, thinking about the bro coin. The bro <laughs> when someone pays for the membership, they pay attention, they show up, right? More than someone that's free. Well, when they own, they take ownership. The most important question is why giraffe? Oh man, I've been in online since 2001. Wow, you're the real deal, man. Because a lot of people feel like, yes, they want the content, but they don't want the hard work. Right. You're courting me, right? Because you don't yeah. have a wife. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Okay. That's what I'm saying. It's you. The first thing is to realize that everybody that joins your community is going to leave your community. And that's how I make a lot of money. I like that. I think we should implement that one. We've got some Hey, I'm Luis. And this is Luis. And welcome to the Content is Profit podcast. In here, you're going to get the insights, accountability, and drive to create consistently and increase revenue. You'll hear from top entrepreneurs, creators, and anything and everything you need to know about content. All this while having a good time. The goal of this podcast is simple. Entertain, educate, and turn your content into profit. Let's go. Bam, bam, bam. We don't need to I, do it with our mouth anymore. I crushed the machine today. I know, that's pretty good. That's go. pretty good. Well it's, mu it's muscle memory, you know, the under episodes. But anyways, <laughs> guys, if you're enjoying these episodes, please go ahead and follow us on social media. On YouTube as well, we finally caught up all the episodes that you can binge watch all of them. And uh, 400 you know, hours go make of some money. podcasts. Ah, so much. Yeah. So good. <laughs> let us know once you're done with all 400 just, hours. Just put in what you sleep and then you'll learn what you sleep. And then you make money the next day. Anyways. There we go. Uh, I like that idea. That's pretty yeah. good. Yeah, yeah, I might do that yeah. too, you know, to revisit all the awesome <laughs> lessons we've learned in Content's Profit. And if today's guest helps you move one step closer towards your goal, please don't forget to share this episode. And of course, leave a five-star review. So fun, fun fact. All right. We've actually met this guest a little bit before oh. we actually jumped in the call and before the DM. I was actually in a couple of his clubhouse rooms through the clubhouse fever time where I did not sleep at all that week. Uh, that was one of the rooms. Uh, so we're going to talk more a little bit about it, but it's, I'm super excited because there's obviously things on community, on content, on NFTs. I know. And he seems to be huge on community and in the creator economy, like you mentioned. So I'm very excited to dive into that, yeah. especially as we are kind of like, retaking right we actually sent a message in our facebook group in our community oh, yeah. earlier this week kind of hey guys we were a little bit mia because of course <laughs> we were you know acquiring and starting the studio podcast suites yes. but we're back baby we're back in town and i want to learn everything on how we can help our community be the best that they can and i think today's guest is going to help That's us right. do exactly there, that there's also something about a giraffe two hundred thousand dollars uh, I don't know what's going on. We're going to talk about this in just a second. And also, you know, what's the creation rule uh, with content? I love this. There's a lot of percentages in here. There's actually two percentages that we want to dive into. <laughs> there's a lot, but there's two. There's two. Uh, <laughs> hey, more than one is a lot. But anyways, I am so excited. Please welcome our favorite guest, MVP, Gary Anderson. <laughs> what's up, Gary? Hey, hey, nice to see you guys. How are you? Pretty good, pretty good, man. I like your your headset. You look <laughs> like you're about to take over the the internet world. Not gonna lie, so official, man. 
<laughs> it is. It's. I, I live in an apartment, and I was in the city before now, and it was loud, and they were doing construction, and I can have this headset on, and they could have a jackhammer above me, and you wouldn't hear it. So it's it's audio quality before anything else. I was a clubhouse creator, and I had to have good audio. That's awesome. One hundred percent. By the way, you remind me of the initial days of Fonzie, baby Fonzie, trying to sell <laughs> over, you know, telephone. We're actually going out and selling social media packages. And I had a job at the time, so I'll be like, okay, Fonzie, game time, baby. And he's like, game time. So he puts his gamer set, you know, not that yours is gamer. Yours is like way more pro. Like he's like, like PS4, whatever game set. Yeah. I'm going to make. Yours is like a, like a sport commentator, like <laughs> proper headset, you know? Uh, mine was a cheap gamer set. Yeah. And I was just walking around the room. Honestly, in an hour, I would spend 55 minutes hyping myself up to make a call call. call. <laughs> And then the other five minutes I will spend uh, getting rejected. (laughs) (laughs) Dude, so I mean, I'm just reading here through some of your, you know, accolades, you know, 250 million in online revenue in the past 10 years. Massive, right? Uh, You obviously, you're a published author. You run these amazing communities and and clubhouse. Uh, Thousands of people kind of go into your world almost every single day, right? And then you're also into NFTs and, and uh, money and you teach how, people how to make money from the content, which is you know what, what we talk about on the show. So it's going to be a more perfect guest. So first of all, thank you for, for coming here. And obviously you worked with people like Lewis House, you know, Michael Hyatt, Jeff Walker, Ryan Hitchin, you know, Eric Warren. I'm probably you know, butchering some of these names with my Friday voice, but it's okay. Uh, but I'm so excited, dude. Like, how do you get started into into the world of content or in, in the online world, right? Like, probably like before Clubhouse. How was that beginning for you? Oh, man, I've been in online since 2001. Mm-hmm. So 22 years online. My first foray was we had the typos and the misspells of eBay and Hotmail. Hmm. So when you went to go back to like 2001, yeah. and when you went to email people, it was the day when you just hit the forward button and you CC'd everyone. We didn't even have BCCs. <laughs> well, we had the misspell of Hotmail. So if you go to type in Hotmail, H-O-T-M-A-I-L, we were I-A-L. <laughs> And we got a ton of emails. And I wrote (laughs) ethical spamming software. (laughs) And what I did is if you would have emailed and you had a typo and I got your email, I scraped every email address out of there. I corrected the one you messed up. I forwarded the original email and spoofed it to make it look like it came from you. So you never knew you had a typo. So I kept getting all your emails. And then I categorized what you were talking about. And we had data. And we had a data company before it was against the law to spam. So um, that's like early days for me, Um, (laughs) like early, early days for me. You started very, very early, like in the internet world, right? Like, were you doing mm-hmm. this manual work? Like, how did those like early skills? And we talk about, you know, we hear Alex Ramosi, for example, talking about skill like stacking, for example. And for us, that has been something that we we paid a lot of attention into with like de editing, product, product management, automations, like all these things involving our agency work, and now are like a brick and mortar, right? How do those like what are those skills that you acquire early on that helped you? move and in and execute on the position that you are now right with those millions of dollars that you guys have been able to create and helping all these amazing entrepreneurs yeah so i think the first skill that i got was when i was in middle school like early on i bought my first computer 
and mm. I started an online community. Mm. So this was er, mid to early 90s, mm. right? I was born in 81, so we're probably 92, 93, 94. I bought a Packard Bell computer. I worked at a family restaurant for the summer. My mom worked as well. She was a single, I was a single um, parent kid. My mom was a school teacher. We didn't have much money. Yeah. She worked and I worked in the family restaurant and we bought a computer. Hmm. And when my friends wanted their extra phone line to talk to their girlfriends, I wanted the extra phone line because I had a modem in my computer. And my friends <laughs> dialed into my computer and played games on my computer. And then I would dial to theirs and play games. So I was running an online community in the <laughs> early 90s. Interesting. So communities was right off the bat your thing, yeah. right? And, uh, yeah. you know, we, I just mentioned earlier that I, like my coach, you know, Kaylee Richardson, she lives like, she's probably your neighbor. Who knows? <laughs> you, may, you might know her. But, uh, she might be, I don't know. <laughs> and we had a couple of sessions like where it's like, where is all this passion for content and your message kind of? coming from right because we have an event we're gonna go to a podcast movement at the end of the the month and we're speaking on stage and part of it is like how do we connect with with people right that has been one of the the objectives and it's like diving deep in the past right of like why are we so passionate about this so why are you so passionate about community you started early was it natural to you or you're like i just want to bring people together right what was that i don't know you? that it was bring people together but i was an only child mm. And I remember my mom was putting herself through a master's degree and she was about two hours away. I played basketball and stuff, but I would end up at home. My mom would go like two hours to go to classes. So I was at home and I just kind of got bored. I wasn't into the normal stuff. My friends had started to like smoke cigarettes or do drugs. I mean, this was middle school in the early 90s. Yeah. Like going into high school, that wasn't me. So I was looking for some, like I was looking for friends. Yeah. Looking for community, looking for that. And I found it online. I was in, I don't know if you all remember, but like there was these old IRC chats and I was in these IRC chats talking to people and I found community on the internet. And for me, that was that early drive was connection, community, people to like-minded people, people that thought differently. Like, I mean, my mom was great, but she was yeah. a school teacher and I wanted to be an entrepreneur and I had no one around me like that. So Very I needed different. to find someone else. Yeah. That's so interesting. I'm curious, I mean, of course, clearly you had that need, right? That need for community. Did you ever thought about it in terms of if I cultivate this, you know, the ability to create, nurture communities, is that going to turn into some sort of business in the future? Or do you have the foresight to say, wow, this is where the world is going, right? Because honestly, that's what it is right now. I feel like everything online is just segmented into these like tiny communities with like very similar interests. Right. And you have, you know, people like, for example, Gary Vaynerchuk, that they are pretty vocal about community. You are extremely vocal about community. Right. And, and I'm curious, when did you had that epiphany in sense, or you just decided this is what I like. I'm always going to have a community. And then the time caught up to you. Yeah, that's a great question. So I think a couple of points in my life. In maybe 2007, I was vice president of marketing and business development for a sports camp company. And I learned what community was as we ran football camps coast to coast throughout the U.S. And I learned how to build community in a week and how to build these teams and build this energy together and, and create these lifetime experiences for kids. Wow. So I learned that. Then fast forward, when I started working with entrepreneurs, 
my clients were like Lewis House, and we built Inner Circle, which had over 2,000 mm. monthly paying members. We worked with Carrie Green that had Female Entrepreneur Association. She had over 5,000 members. Yeah. You know, we worked with creators that had huge communities. So I started to feel what that was like, and I, I liked it. I liked the the income opportunity of it. I liked having the true fans around you. I liked when you posted on Instagram. They were always there. With yeah. Lewis, we started doing Summit of Greatness. So I watched like the community come together in Columbus, Ohio, mm-hmm. and come wow. into the, the room with him. And he started, I mean, almost the podcast live. So I watched all this stuff come to life. Yeah. And when I started to build my brand, I said, that has to be a core component of what I build. Absolutely. That is really cool. And it makes me think, right? Like right now at this point, I think it would be a good moment to share some of what we call hashtag golden boulders, right? They're just like golden nuggets, but way bigger. Yes. So (laughs) why don't you share some of the golden boulders on community building, right? That maybe some, not just strategies, because strategies can change. There's plenty of strategies that people can implement. But what are some of those core principles that people can take with them and regardless of the platform, right? Regardless of the times, the demand, et cetera, they're able to implement these principles and start building their audience and nurturing them. And eventually, right, finding the right people that are going to invest in them and their business. Yeah, so I can give you two that are great. You always have to be yourself, And in order to grow community, you have to scale intimacy. And the way you scale intimacy is people, many people, building a relationship with you. It's not about you building a relationship with many people. Mm. And community creators have to realize my job is to be vulnerable and intimate and tell the stories in platforms that can scale. Your job as a listener or a fan is to be able to feel like you get to know me through that journey. Mm. and that's it's hard because a lot of times we put content out right that we think will serve our audience but it doesn't build a relationship with us the creator so we never get to scale intimacy and communities and intimate relationship together so interesting uh, I'm, i'm going back right the last maybe we've we've been playing this game for maybe like seven years now right but on content specifically three years since the show really started that's when we really dove in full into this and I can I can picture like what you're saying, right? Like you you produce all this content, right? Whether the the podcast for us has been a way to connect with incredible entrepreneurs, incredible people, right? And build our personal network, right? We also have a community which is the one that Fonzie mentioned in, on Facebook. It started with a challenge, right? And we've kind of neglected it a little bit, in part because it felt like a really big task, right? To be like, how do we maintain this? How do we provide value here? apart from the podcast, right? What's the, uh, what's valuable we've asked. And then for some reason, same thing, like we talk about this concept of publishing pyramid, right? And, and it's basic, uh, based on your capacity resources. So we're like, how do we allocate that to, to build this community? Right. And for the show for us was a process that was like very organic, right? We started with like minimal viable show and then it grew from that. And now it's, is the machine that, that it is today. Right. Which is very exciting. So like, man, like that took a while. Right. So just the sheer thought of like, this is going to be like two, three years, four, five years. Right. It's something that of course we do accept, but what's something tactical that people in that position can, can, can do. Right. Like for, I'm asking for ourselves and I'm asking for a lot of the people that are in our community that are selfishly asking a hundred percent. 
A hundred percent. And it's like, there's a lot of people that are in our same position, maybe two, three years ago, right. That are, are building their, their groups of people. I mean, just an example is we have this amazing lady that jumped in a workshop with us and she has a brick and mortar, uh, a store in Colorado for, um, uh, cannabis, cannabis in the cannabis industry. Right. And there's a lot of people that's very niche into that. And she's building this local community. But when it's not local, like how do you tactically start to do this? Like, can you share some of maybe the first like three steps on how to start consistently build this or scaling that community, right? Yeah, it's the first thing is to realize that everybody that joins your community is going to leave your community. Mm. And you mm -hmm. have to acknowledge that when they walk in the door. So you always have to be growing and you always have to have an initiative to bring in new community members. Your yeah. goal is they stay as long as they want. Yeah. But they're always going to leave. They're, they're just going to move on with their journey. So where I see communities struggle is they think they have to have a big audience to start. You don't. I started with one person. It was literally Russell. And I came up with a value proposition, which said, I'll coach you for free if you join my community. Every week, I'll do an Ask Me Anything session. And I started one by one by one by one growing my community mm. because I had something in the community that they wanted to be part of. Yeah. So they didn't want to join the community. They wanted the coaching with me. And then they built a relationship with me because we started to win together. Yeah, We started to share together. We started, like Russell and I, I remember we listened to music together. We had a co-working channel in our Discord server and we played music and we would go in there and silently work together. But it built our relationship together. Mm -hmm. mm. I like that. I think we should implement that one. I think you Sil should implement silent, that. <laughs> silent work hours. That would be so good. Actually, it's a little bit of a tangent, but it reminds me in 2020, there was actually a business that came out that would do that. And I think it grew massively. I don't know the numbers off the top of my head, but all they would do was literally put people in like a Zoom room and it was for working. Like people would just jump in there and work. And we actually had this conversation the other day where you were telling me like, dude, when I'm alone, it's so difficult to focus. And lately, my wife have is coming, ha, have been coming at night into the office. And you're, just, you're courting me, right? Because you don't yeah. have a wife. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Okay. That's what I'm saying. It's you. It's like she sits down and she, you know, she does her thing. And I really focus because I don't know, just the fact that she's in there. And I'm like, yep, I feel the same way because I'm, when I'm alone, I'm like so unproductive. <laughs> I, need, I need to like get here, myself next to people. Here's the issue with Fonzie, Gary. Like we'll have to mute his computer no matter what. Like we'll do have to do like a backend trick because... Every time we work together, he continues to interrupt every 10 minutes. And he's like, I'm, I have this great idea. And I'm just an idea machine, you know? know? So anyways, but, uh, you know, apart from jokes, this is great, right? You're yeah. now giving a, a framework for people to do that. And, you know, going back to, we've been part of many communities, right? And we've been in and out, right? So th that first seems so logical, but we, we don't think it is yeah. our own thing. Like I said, that people are actually going to leave, right? And I, yeah. I, I manage fitness studios. So it was the same thing. It's like every month, we're going to have people falling off. It's normal. It's totally normal, right? We're going to do our job to make... Yeah to make that uh, as minimal as possible. But yeah, I think that is key, honestly. Like if there's one takeaway so far, like there's plenty, but like one very important one is the acceptance, right? Not just the realization, the acceptance that there's people that are gonna be coming in and coming out of the yeah. community because it is a journey, right? And honestly, when you said it, that was kind of like a little epiphany because I have that fear. I'm like, well, what if, they don't come back. Guess what? It's just part of it. Like, and in retrospect, I look at myself, I'm like, I've joined, I don't know how many communities, right? And I, some of them I joined for a day or two and then I'm like, eh, and I leave. Yeah. And some of them I've 
been in their community for months. Yeah. By the way, shout out to our producer Mava. She puts in there. Fun fact that that's actually called buddy doubling, which is great. Awesome. Oh. That's a good fact. <laughs> Wait, what is called buddy doubling? <laughs> Working together. Like, ah. it, like you kind of model what what the other person is doing. Interesting. And, uh, interesting. Yeah. Interesting. Yo, shout out to Mava, by the way. I, lo <laughs> I love having a, a producer in here. <laughs> love you, Mava. Yeah. Uh, Gary, I, I I do have a question, and honestly, this one is, I you. I'm guessing you saw the value. You've been involved in tech for a while now, clearly. Yep. So obviously when Clubhouse came in, Clubhouse represented the opportunity to probably scale communities in a massive way. But I feel like also around that time, there was this whole blockchain, Bitcoin, right? And, you know, uh, all this talk. And I feel like you saw some sort of potential in there and combine them both, right? And you cle you created your own token. And I think you pair that with your communities and whatnot. Why don't we go a little bit there? Because I I feel like we can, I'm not saying that people need to create a token for their community, but I think there's lessons in spotting these opportunities, right? Like just like you just did, but at the same time, trying to see how you can innovate inside of your own community. Yeah, most definitely. So the challenge that I had when I was working with Lewis Howes and all of our other clients, when we had community, we actually had a paid membership. We didn't have a community. Hmm. So we had an opportunity for people to pay us every month and we had a value exchange every single month. And every month we would get a normal attrition rate, like normally, right? Just people just cancel. Yeah. And every month we would have to go and get new people to just stay flat. And what I saw happening is when they canceled, there was a negative receptor that went off in their brain. Mm -hmm. They, I watched it. And I don't have the tactical data, but I watched that person that was in the community paying, always engaging on social media. And then when they canceled, for whatever reason, credit card declined, life changed, they stopped engaging on social media. They pulled back. Interesting. So when I started to build, I wanted to build differently. I didn't know anything about the blockchain. My mom had taught me that Bitcoin was a scam or multi-level <laughs> marketing. I didn't get in it early, but I learned of this company called Rally. Mm -hmm. I didn't know anything about them, but I knew Peter Shankman. And I don't know, do you all know Peter Shankman? We do not know Peter. Okay, so Peter founded a company called Hero, Help a Reporter Out. Mm -hmm. Okay, yeah. Or you've heard of that company. Yeah, yeah. yeah he wrote, uh, didn't he write a book, uh, Free PR? With yep. a kind of like co-authored free PR. Yep. Got yep. it. So he wrote a couple books. I've known Peter since 2013. He came and spoke at an event for me. So I was looking on this platform and I saw the Shank coin. I was like, well, that's Peter. So I reached <laughs> out and I said, what is this and what I what's it doing? And he said, well, I don't really understand it and I don't know, but I trust the company. Hmm. And I trust Peter. I'd known him for 10 years. Yeah. So I said, well, I trust the company by proxy because Peter does. So I shot my shot publicly on Clubhouse. I said, can I get a token? I didn't know why I needed one. I just had this feeling that I needed one. Yeah. So I told them, I said, I'm writing a book on Clubhouse and I'll gamify my book with a token. I had no clue what I was talking about. <laughs> and they said, yes. And I said, wow, this That's is really great. cool. Yeah. And I looked at my wife and I said, this is going to change the way we do business. And I didn't know why. So this was March of 2021. Hmm. In April of 2021, I met a co-founder. We started building tech. And I started to learn that when someone pays for the membership, they pay attention, they show up, right? More than someone that's free. 
Yeah. We've heard that probably a lot. When people yeah. pay, they pay attention. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, when they own, they take ownership. Mm. And it's no longer about me. They own the token. So they were showing up and welcoming all the new members. They were making sure the room was cleaned up at the end of the day. They were wanting to delete the bad comments that were in the chat because spam came in. They were taking ownership of the community because they owned the token that the community was built on. And it was an absolute game changer for me. Interesting. So so it was kind of like it's in a way... And I don't know if this is correct, but this is how I'm seeing it. Kind of like they are owning some stock part of a company. Like the community becomes like its own company. I by them buying a stock, now they by by them buying a token is kind of like the equivalent of them having stock investment into that. Not not stock, and we don't want to go down an investment path. But yeah. it's they have the currency that's needed to play in the community. Mm. And they're excited because they own it or they own a seat in the community and they're excited because they own a seat the same yeah. way you would take a different level of ownership when you own your house compared to if you just rent your house. Got yeah. it. Yeah. Got it. That is so cool. I, my, my head is going crazy right now, right? Because I, I was very fortunate to live in Barcelona for, for a year and the soccer team there, the football team there is like my favorite team in the world. Right. And I was able to experience that and, they're one of the very unique clubs that they have memberships for for their fans, right? And they buy into the club, right? And they have like all these rights and they gamify it. Very similar, right? Like this this goes way behind. They have a seat in the stadium that's like their seat and it goes, it passes through generations, right? It's incredible. And and you can really see like the attachment to that. And uh, I'm a fan without that, right? <laughs> but it would be cool to, to do that. Now here's here's my challenge, right? Like, you dove into this, you had the resources, you had the connections, you had the people, and, and it was a tool, right, that you utilize to leverage your already high skill of community building in a sense, right? Uh, you were also, I'm, I'm trying to distill a little bit of the principles that we talk about on the show, right? Like you, you were on the wave with Clubhouse, on the wave with NFTs, on the wave with crypto, like all this combined, right? And uh, you grab and you put in a product slash community slash experience in the middle of, of this all right and kind of like everything aligned to where like it was probably a very successful launch and then you were able to kind of write that wave so for the people listening right like this is a very specific example but you can also do this with different things happening in the world in and in your market it doesn't necessarily have to be an nft because in my head when i'm thinking like wow this will be great for a content profit right? we talked about this we had a, another NF- nft guest in the in the show and we talked about tokens and and how it could be uh the content profit community and each podcasters has have a token and you know the more people listen to your show the more your token kind of elevates in value and xyz like all these are crazy ideas but on the execution side is very intimidating because we do not know that. So keep in mind, the context is that Gary has been in this industry building these communities for a long time and it also has resources and the connections, right? And a good way to do that is actually bringing people into your own platform. But like on at the core, right? Like, like for example, what are some of the principles, right? That you probably tag along to, to build this, right? An incredible experience. Uh, I'm going to say a couple and then you, you can tell me like on your side, but you wrote the marketing waves of like three very big topics at the time, right? You leverage a relationship, a relationship and trust that you build over 10 years with somebody that you admire, a company that kind of works, right? And then you use your resources to actually elevate and build the thing that you, that, that you launched, 
right? Which in this case is that community with your token. Um, now, what are some others, right? That maybe I might have escaped my my debrief that you know we can use as a framework for people building something like this. Yeah, the biggest thing that I did is: Have you ever seen a horse and they have the horse blinders on? Yep. Yeah. I put my horse blinders on and I talked about one thing, and that was it. I stopped talking about everything else, and I talked about Gary Coin, mm. Gary Coin, Gary Coin, and that's all I said. Every story related to it, every example related to it, and entrepreneurs, creators. We don't have, most of us, don't have a big enough brand to talk about a lot of different things because we confuse our audience. Mm. So what I knew mm -hmm. is if they bought Gary Coin, I would instantly deliver it. So I gave them instant gratification, and I knew that it was a good opportunity. So I just, I mean, honestly talked about it everywhere, and that was the game changer for me. Yeah. Yes, I was early in Clubhouse, and yes, I was riding a wave with NFTs and crypto and all those things, but anything that I did, and I just put that level of focus into all of my effort and energy, I would have won on at that time. Yeah. Because every other time in my life, I've had 18 things in the air. Yeah. How, how frequent were you on your message, right? And, you know, on... You know that you were like you are online every single day, multiple hours, right? And this is a conversation that we have with a lot of the creators that come into a community. Whenever we go speak somewhere else, it's like they obviously are business owners, slash operators, slash marketers, slash a lot of people are starting, right? You wear multiple hats, and then if you have a company, then uh, same time, like you have all these, th your attention gets divided, right? And for us, when we made the podcast a priority three times a week, that's when we like achieve consistency and then also frequency, right? So. I think those two things are very key when it comes to like content and spreading your message that was in sync with all these things. How you have a framework here with the two, the two percentages that we teased, right? How do you approach content on frequency and consistency? And then if you can share some stuff that you're doing today. Yeah, you know, for me, content's interesting. Um, I spend about 20% of my time creating content and 80% of my time promoting the content that was created. So creators in my world just go create, 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 create new content. They never spend the time promoting the content that's out there. So I'm of a different camp. I believe that you should create less and promote more. And that's what I did. So mm -hmm. I ran the same content over and over and over again. And I grew a new audience of people to consume the same content. So how, instead of always, yeah, go for it. No, I was going to ask, like, how do you promote, right? Because that might mean different things for different people, right? It might be organic. It might be in a, in a platform. We talk about the same topic. It could be email marketing. Like for you specifically, what are some of the things that you did? Yeah. So like on Clubhouse, for example, I would, if I was going to run a room this evening about the seven ways to make money, I would spend my morning hitting everyone else's room and giving one way and teasing that I was going to have seven ways that night, dropping my link in the DMs to people and asking them to come to my room, mm -hmm. telling them to click on my profile and click and come to the next room. If it's a podcast, for example, and I was going to drop a podcast, I would have spent time and energy on the content that went around it, the write-up that went around it, the memes that went around it, the promotion that went around it to make sure that I got leverage out of the piece of content that I created. Yeah, that's good. Ooh. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. We, we've, we've talked about that. Uh, kind of, We have a little concept, kind of like the one-to-one, -one, which is spend the same amount that you time creating 
promoting what you're doing, right? But if I'm being honest, we're having no, gotten very your, tactical. Your correction. Yeah. Fact, fact check. Well, one-on-one it started as consume and create, but also we've talked about create, promote. So it will be the one-to-one-to-one. I'm going to have to update that ratio <laughs> right there. But um, <laughs> I, I, I'm so curious about this. And maybe this might be a conversation for another day, but I'm curious also on, because you mentioned a paid membership is not the same as a community, right? Um, in a way. And now, obviously, the paid membership, they're paying monthly. So as a business model for, you know, the person that has that community slash membership, they are, you know, getting revenue out of that community. Now, with a token, it's a one-time investment for the ownership, right, of, you know, being part of that community. How's that on the business model side for you? Like, do they, obviously they're buying access to the community, but now you don't have that recurrent membership. Are you cultivating that? And then out of there, you're getting other sort of, sort of businesses. I'm so curious. Obviously there's a lot of nuisance too. I know for like NFTs and tokens, you probably got like some contracts in there. Like if they sell it, you get a percentage, etc. I'm not sure, but what it, I'm curious to know what is your business model with that? Yeah, I think it's a great question. So with the tokens, we get a 10% royalty every time they sell. Hmm. So the more people hold the tokens, the less supply, which typically means the more valuable they become. Got if it. there's 100 tokens and there's 90 people that really want to be there, then there's only 10 available. And when 10 more people come, there's none available and the price goes up because no one's willing to sell. 10% of a lot is better than 10% of a little. Yeah. So that's a concept there. But beyond that, I, I really believe in a community should be like a cruise ship. And have you have either of you ever been on a cruise ship? Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah? Love it. So, Favorite vacation yeah. mode. <laughs> They're great, right? You get, and you get a lot of amazing things on that cruise ship. Mm. But there's also a lot of things that you can pay extra for. Like if you want to go to the spa yeah. or if you want to go to the steakhouse for dinner. Or if you want to buy alcohol, mm. right? So there's these extra things. So what I think is your community, your core membership of your community should get you onto the cruise ship. You should have an amazing experience, but there should be other things that you can upgrade from there if you choose to do so Yeah. to enhance what that is. And that's how I make a lot of money. Yeah. I upgrade experiences while they're in the community. Yeah. That, that, um, you're pretty good with metaphors, by the way, that was a, that was a really good <laughs> metaphor right there. Um, yeah, I find it interesting. At the same time, my first thought is, I don't know if the right word is kind of like counterintuitive in a way, but, you know, sounds like the more you get for people to hold, right? So to stay in your community, the more valuable it becomes, the token. But at the same time, if they're holding and they're not selling, that you're not getting the royalty. Right? So I feel like there's this like dichotomy somewhere in there, uh, some challenge, right? And I'm, I don't know, maybe I'm missing something because you, you, right now yeah. for those listening, you're shaking your head side to side saying no, right? So I'm curious, what are you thinking right now? You're getting your true fans that love you. Yeah. And they're making a decision every day to continue to hold your token rather than sell it. Yeah. And every day, the value of that's going up and up and up. They're invested in you so much. Hmm. This is not about all of the money in the world for yeah. you. This is about they want to be part of what you're building and you need your true fans. 
Yeah. You have to have them. You need the people that like you need the people that'll go leave you a review on your podcast. You need the people that'll go show up and leave a comment somewhere. Yeah. You need the people that will defend you from the haters. You need the people that when you say we're going to go to podcast movement and have a live event, you've got people that want to come to your live event. Creators yeah. need that. Yeah. This is that community for you and they love to spend more money with you. Yeah. They love to. They're your true fans. They're going to buy whatever you put in front of them. Yeah. yeah. And keep in mind, like, this is a concept, right? Like, obviously, in your specific case, it is with your NFT and your community. But, like, I'm looking at, and I have some, I, I recently got into uh, soccer trading cards, and it's, it's very similar, right? It's like you have, like, this messy card that is valued at $2 today. But then in, you believe in that player, or you have this rookie card, right? And you believe in that player, and you're next to him, and, and, and you know, you, you root for this guy. And as long as he performs like that, the value of that card is going to go up, right? And then if you keep it, right? Perfect. If you choose to sell it, great. But then, you know, you're not, you're not part of that. And uh, a lot of people, you know, collect their very specific cards for a long period of time, even without being like, I'm not going to sell this ever, right? Uh, except if there's an emergency or something else, right? And uh, I was. I was researching a lot and, and uh, you know, I want to make the connection with also a physical good like that because it's, it's very similar, right? Like you believe in that player, you believe in that product, right? And if you trade cards with like basketball or baseball, it's the same thing. You know, my dad, I was telling him the other day about the thing and like he immediately ran up and he had like this album of ba full of baseball cards from like the 70s, right? And he's like, I got this, dude. What do you think they're valued? And I'm like, I have no idea, maybe nothing. But like, it was like the thing that he was holding, right? And because he believed in the sport, he believed in that. Uh, so this is super, this is super exciting. And uh, most important question as we wrap up, right? There's, there's three questions, but we're wrapping up already. Oh my gosh. I well, got so many questions. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, yeah, a few minutes, but here, like the most important question is why giraffe? <laughs> yeah. So um, no reason, honestly, <laughs> until there was a reason. And now there's a huge reason. So on Clubhouse, I started to notice that people would come into my rooms and they would have these little profile rings around their profile. And I trusted them. And I would bring them onto my stage to provide insights or ask questions, and I knew they weren't a troll. Yeah. So we wanted to create something like that in our community. And I had learned of NFTs, and we had Gary Coin, and I learned that I in, in a currency, it needs to trade hands. So I needed to get it out in the world, so I needed you to buy the currency. And then, honestly, I needed you to send it back to me. Yeah, because I needed to use it to reward more people and grow the community. Mm. So I decided to go the NFT route to create a reason for people to pay me and give me the coin back. The Board Ape Yacht Club had just crushed it. Everybody was doing monkey derivatives or ape derivatives. Yeah, I went out and did research and found that nobody was doing giraffe. And I, I looked at giraffe and I looked at what they were as like a spirit animal and, and you know, they, they stand above everything else. They hold their head tall. And I'm like, well, that's a creator. Yeah. And we leaned in. Now I have a different vision. Now, do you all know what a unicorn is in a tech company? Yeah. Yeah. Billion so, dollar. Yeah. Yeah. So there's not been very many of those companies in Web3 that have reached a billion dollars yet. My goal is their giraffe. Hmm. We're not unicorns in Web3. We're not unicorns on the blockchain. We're giraffe. And we're the top of the top of the top. What we're building is it will run Web3. It runs communities for Web3. It takes everything that a creator like you would need yeah. and makes it work and makes it simple. And we're building to make as many billionaires as possible. 
That's uh, that's incredible. I love a couple of things about this. First, do not overthink <laughs> your logos or your your brand. There's so much time lost in that, right? And then it's like uh, an example from us that it might be a little bit different from yours is like when we chose a branding for Biz Bros and Contents Profit, we literally went to like a randomizer, like board of colors and we like hit random. I think we did it three times and the third one's like, that's it. <laughs> and it's like the most random colors ever, right? And uh, they carried on and people are like, how do you guys chose your branding? I'm like, ah, it was literally random. Like, and, and then we're like, we just like blue and we like green and we like orange, we like all these colors and we can uh, assign the value to it. So I, lo I love that story, right? Because it removes friction from going and execute and then and then it evolves into something else, right? Like, uh, so anyways, there's many examples that we can go from there, but I love it, man. And uh, I have a lot of questions. I have so, so many, many questions. Okay. Like I'm going to have Gary, to- Gary, I have two part two. No, I'm, I'm going to have to jump in your clubhouse and, <laughs> and just educate myself in here because you mentioned something right now that you had people buying the, NS, the NFT so you could get your token back. Um, can you explain that a little bit? Yeah. Do you, um, do you pay taxes? Okay. Yeah. Well, that's so the government gets some money back. Yeah. True. See, they give you the money and then they take it back. And then that drives value. So I learned that I needed a way to collect money back because if you bought Gary coin and you held Gary coin and you had nothing to do with it, eventually you would sell Gary coin. Yeah. But if you bought Gary coin and I gave you a nice shiny giraffe with a lot of cool perks and rewards and benefits, you might send me back the Gary coin you bought. And then you might want to go buy some more. Mm. So I needed to create demand. Yeah. So I created something for them to spend their coin on. Yeah. I needed to collect it back so I could turn around and use it. How much how much education do you need to do with your community on this world, right? Because we we talk a lot about your marketing message, right? And then the education that's needed from, you know, target audience to product, you know, on selling and, and executing, right? How much of that or are you or is your messaging targeting a specific market that already knows? about, you know, wants to be in a community, right? Already knows about crypto NFTs, like have that knowledge that can go and execute or there's like a lot of education involved. So that's a great question. When I got started, there was no technology there. I've spent the last two years and a considerable budget building the technology to make it easy. Nice. So we believe in something called right message to the right audience at the right time. We built, mm. we took the blockchain and all the technical stuff and we locked it behind an email and a password. So we have consumers that log in with their email and password and two-factor authentication. They never see funky wallet signups. We do email marketing to token holders. We have segments very much like lists inside of a HubSpot account. So we built the marketing tools that creators need so they never have to worry. They don't need to know what a token is. They don't need mm. to do anything about it. It's a full turnkey solution. They can literally, If they want to make their own NFTs, they can log in, they can upload a picture, fill out a form like a Google form and hit the button. We automatically write the contract, lock in their royalties, create a sales page for them to sell it and lock in their royalties for life as they're selling it across and they can protect it. We wrote all the technology so you don't have to. Wow. That's the, you're, you're the real deal, man. You're, <laughs> I'm, I'm looking at uh, Gary.club and it's pretty impressive. I'm not gonna lie. I love this part of your message which says the truth is becoming a successful creator takes great determination and a whole lot of hard work. Right. And I love that, man, because a lot of people feel like, yes, they want the content, but they don't want the hard work. 
right? Um, and just like you said, like you, you showed this when you were talking about the promoting your own content, right? You were like, oh, I will spend a full day, you know, jumping from room to room, sharing one of the things to then later on, you know, get them to go to my own room and then share the seven tips. I was like, that is a lot of work. You know, that most people are not willing to do. They want the nice, fancy looking content with the cool uh, captions <laughs> and the awesome transitions and B-roll. But guess what? That's not that's not enough. Like you, we, we say all the time now, like I'm literally, now when we get now on sales calls, I tell people, I'm like, look, like our perfect client is a person that loves content and they want to create more content and they are okay with jumping on camera. Like, sure, we'll provide the fractional content team and the editors and designers to like beef this up and make it super nice. But you need to want to create content because if not, it's not a, it's not a good, not a good mix. So I love that you have that in your community and I'm going to, I'm definitely going to dive into more of your, your website, uh, try to learn it. But I love the fact that you also thought about how do I decrease the friction? And we talk about that all the time, right? And you just mentioned like, you know, they don't need to know what the token is, like all these things, like we just make it easy for them to join and be part of the community. And I think that is absolutely amazing. So many, yeah. so many lessons in there. Um, we yeah. reward them daily. We reward them daily as well because we know creators need to take mm. action. Yep. So we have something called proof of work. And every day in our community, creators fill out a form. We ask them two questions. Did you grow your audience today? Did you make money today? We ask them what they did, anything they want. They just add in what they did. How hard did they work on a scale of one to five and hit the submit button? And every day they hit that, we give them Gary Coin as a reward every day. Wow. So every single day, creators in my community are getting paid because when you join my community, I'm here to help you make money. And if you don't create, if you don't do work, if you don't grow your audience, you're never going to make money. So we reward you every day through the process. That is so cool dool that Gary, is amazing where, where, when are you launching the white the the white label version of this yeah so, okay. Well, so okay so <laughs> what what if that's our business we help communities like you create your own tokens and create your own gamified ecosystems and figure out what winning and rewards looks like that's right, we, what we built. we have to talk we you know after this uh we're gonna go to puerto rico you know <laughs> and we're gonna why did you say like that you're not puerto rico <laughs> uh, and, and we're gonna have i don't know we're gonna go and drink some coconut water and we're gonna talk about community i'll, I'll take a regular coke it's fine nah, <laughs> the co coconut water that's that's what's up but you know because I'm, i'm thinking You know, one of the main reasons why we started our community was to do what we call 45 Live, which is everybody that joined, it was you're going to have to go live for 45 days in a row. And we have this whole thing. Like we had like a bingo card with challenges. Like you got to go live in a public place. You got to go live with somebody else. You got to collaborate. Like it was a game, right? We game it find a way. But I th the reward was... First, obviously, the intrinsic value of like, hey, look, I'm creating, you're making progress. Sure, and we would like highlight it in the group. But also, the prize per se was at the end, everybody that finishes a 45 Live will do like a raffle and we had like prizes and stuff, which is cool to an extent. But the fact that everybody that takes action can get rewarded, I think that is amazing. Yeah. That is so freaking cool in helping people move 
forward. So we saw I'm like here thinking about the bro coin. The like, bro <laughs> <laughs> maybe not, maybe not. There's a lot of stigma <laughs> around the bro marketing, all that stuff, right? So we're going to have to find another name, but I think it's gone. We're going to have to think about another animal. I don't know if there's koalas, bro. I love koalas. The bison, bro. What's up? The bison. Bisons are hey. cool too. Yeah, yeah. we'll uh, have to think dude, about Gary, that. Gary, this has been <laughs> so exciting. You know, we, we experienced the 10-day the, the uh, uh, bump. That's what it was. Like after 10 days, that's when we saw the majority of the community kind of like, this is hard. Right, and it's like, man, like mm -hmm. if you see those indicators, right, and inside of your community, what are those indicators that add friction to your community so you can solve those and continue to do like right smooth? It's like, okay, day 10, right, that's your first like big milestone. What can we do? And so exciting! So, yes, we'll have to like chat more. It's so exciting for you listening. Uh, what are some ideas that you have around community, around, you know, what Gary shared today? Are you building one? Are, do you want to get in contact with them? We're going to leave all the links right below, right? If you're part of our community, what do you want to see? Do you want to see like five-day podcast challenge? you want to do the 45 Live? What do you want to do? Because we're so excited. Now with the studio, it's super awesome. We're going to be able to conduct all those. But yeah. uh, dude. Wait, before we leave, I have like two random questions. Well, um, he, he said that he has some time, but not that much. I know, I know, I know. I know. <laughs> Gary's uh, like, He's like, this guy's like too much. This guy's like too much. All right, Gary, first question random is first, how do you secure that domain? Digitalmarketing.org. That's huge. It is a huge domain name. I paid five grand for it years ago. I reached out to the guy who owned it and he wasn't doing anything with it. And I pitched my idea and he had turned everybody else down. He liked my concept for it. And I said, I'm going to turn it into a great domain name with great digital marketing content. And we delivered. Don't that is so cool. Can, can we can we hear part of the pitch or is it like <laughs> confidential? No, that was literally my pitch. As I said, I don't have much money. I have like five grand. That's all I've got. But I'd love to have the domain name. My It was called Interactivity Marketing. I said, I'm going to rebrand my website, my company. This is what we do. I want a blog post. I want to provide content. And he wrote me back and he said, I forget where he lived. It wasn't in the US. And he said, I've never wanted to sell this to anybody, but I like what you're going to do with it. Wow. So I sold it to him and then it was like a month later, Ryan Dice reached out and tried to buy it from Digital Marketer and we told Ryan, no way. Um, and we <laughs> wow. You're like $5 million. dollars. <laughs> offered six figures for it, but it's just wow. kind of cool and it's kind of a fun flex. So I just like to keep it. Yeah. It is awesome. And so when I saw when I saw the domain, I was like, what? Yeah. I was like, what's up? That's awesome. <laughs> and then the other question is, I see here, I, I landed into socialconnector.io. Is that your company as well? Yeah. Yeah. Is that's it our that's our community company that runs all the communities. It runs so Social Connector is the technology. Mm. Gary Club is the first client of the technology. Got it. Got it. Because you mentioned Rally, and I was looking Rally, and I saw some news in there. that's like Rally ceases to operate, something like that. Like I think they they left. So then you decided to create your own company. Your what we talked about, right? Your own tech and all that stuff. And then Gary Coin was the the first one of those. And then is this open for people that might be interested in? you know, working with you and launching their community, just like what we talk about right now, they go to socialconnector.io. Uh, they go to Gary Club and at the bottom it Gary says Club. apply for a token. If you go to gary.club, you'll see social tokens and you can see there's 25 or 30 tokens there that are other communities building on top of our technology and running on our technology. You can see our supporters and our top 100 leaderboards and our badges and yeah. all the gamification and everything right there. Dude, I'm thinking this is great for like, I'm saying I'm thinking sales teams 
like internal competitions for companies on like, I, I'm sure like you've thought about 30,000 applications, but <laughs> I, I'm like, oh, my, my mind is going crazy right now. And I, I'm sure like the, the audience is too, man. That's so cool what you guys are building. Uh, thanks for coming on and sharing all these lessons, man. Yeah. yeah. Appreciate it. Uh, well, uh, I'm stop excited. Talking no, no, I'm just saying, I'm, <laughs> I'm super excited. And you know, usually after the podcast, I'm all hyped up like, dude, this is awesome. Right. And so, but I'm pretty certain that after I let my emotions cool down, you know, and, and, and reason <laughs> takes over, I'm still going to think this is pretty freaking awesome. And I'm going to, I'm definitely, I'm going to tell you, I personally got a little burnout from a clubhouse and I haven't been there in a very long time. I don't know if you, if it's clubhouse or you, maybe you're doing Twitter spaces. I don't know what you're doing right now, but, um, I'm gonna find you. I'm gonna find you, bro. And I'm gonna and I'm gonna tune in. I'm gonna tune in and uh, listen to your message. Yeah, I'm very very yeah. excited about this. I I just think it's such a rewarding feeling to be able to see the progress of the people in your community, right? Like I was so excited when we did the 45 live because every day we had a report right on the Facebook group. We had a post would come in that said day, let's say day 27 out of 45, share your link for the content that you created under here. And then we were keeping track of everybody, pretty much like your submit. And it was so cool to see the people that submitted the stuff. Like it was rewarding, right? Selfishly for us, the host of the community, it was so freaking rewarding. It really motivated me to like keep going, right? We were doing two times a week. We were doing classes during that 45 live for everybody. And then after that, I remembered that I was like, well, now what? Right? Like, <laughs> right? It's like, what, what, what's next? And that's, I feel like when the community kind of like, we started putting our attention somewhere else and doing other things. Um, and I think this is a, a really cool concept because it's rewarding for everybody involved in there. So thank you, man. Yeah, Appreciate it. You ignited something fun. So can't wait. I'm sure like this, we'll, we'll continue to chat, you know, throughout the year. So Gary, you have two brothers now uh, in Vene you know, in Jacksonville, Florida, but Venezuelans too. Last question of the show. Where will you be if you never publish content? <sighs> Behind the scenes, helping somebody else publish theirs. Interesting. Are you, are you, I, I did you, it for years. Yeah. I did it for years. It's getting messages out to the world, changing the way that kids look at success. It's not a doctor or an attorney. It's fine if that's what you want to be, but there's a different path to success. And there's a lot of people out here that can help you with that. So if I wasn't publishing my content, I would be helping you publish yours. Nice. I love it. Thank you, man. This was awesome for us. I hope it was the same for you. Uh, audience, let us know. <laughs> people listening, people watching, let us know. Did Gary gonna blow your minds today? I, you know, to us, it did. You know, we had to I'd get, grab the squeeze. Oh my gosh, the do you want that joke? He says that joke. <laughs> I'm, I'm not kidding right now. When he was saying he blew our minds in my mind, I was like, I bet he's gonna say this joke hey man, right now. And he said, there's, there's people that are listening to this for the first time ever and they're gonna listen to a that joke for the first time ever. Anyways, Gary, any last thoughts uh, that you wanna share before we head out? No, uh, this has been great. Thank you guys so much. It's been a blast. Absolutely. Thank you, brother. We'll see you in Puerto Rico. Yes. <laughs> With that <laughs> said, guys, thank you so much for tuning into the Contents Profit Podcast. Go ahead and follow the show in your favorite podcasting platform and on social media at Co. That is right. And Gary here, help you move one step closer to your dream community. Please don't forget to share this episode and, and leave a five-star review. See ya. Bye, guys.